Welcome to Abiding in Hope, a production of St. Gabriel Catholic Radio. I'm Marianne Jepson, clinical counselor in Columbus, Ohio. And I'm Father John Sims Baker, the pastor of St. Rose of Lima Catholic Church in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. We have a great show ahead of us, Father, and it's great to have you here with me to uh, do this show. So, um, as always, let's start it off with a prayer. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Heavenly Father, we praise you and bless you and glorify you. We ask your blessing on this show today, on all those who are listening, on those who have sent in their questions, and on us as we uh, try to respond in your will. Uh, Please guide and bless all of those who are seeking for you, especially those who are having any sort of difficulty, uh, to let them uh, really truly abide in hope, knowing that you are always faithful. And we ask all these prayers through your Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. And we ask the intercession of our Blessed Mother today as we pray together. Hail Mary, Hail Mary full, full of grace, the, the Lord, Lord is with thee. thee. Blessed art thou among women, and, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray, pray for us sinners, sinners now, now and at the hour of our death. death. Amen. Amen. In the name and of the, the Father, and of the Son, and of the and Holy, Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. You know, the questions we have today, Father... Um, really seemed to me to revolve around the issue of sin. And I think that's good because we probably really don't talk that much about that, right? And um, so let's delve right in. How about that? You ready? Sitting on ready, rocking rockin on go. go. Right. Always have to hear that. <laughs> okay, so the first question is this. Every time I go to confession, I confess the same sin over and over. I'm envious of other people's relationships Could you talk about the sin of envy and steps I might take to conquer comparing my relationships to those of others and always feeling mine come up short? Well, that's a really great question on a lot of levels, Um, mainly just because it's so real, I think. Mm -hmm. Uh, The sin of envy is one of those that's really out there, I think. And I think a lot of times I really want to – I know our our, the questioner – says I you know I confess this every time I go to confession but I really want to applaud you for doing that because it means you're you're aware uh of this of the sinfulness of envy and the need to to struggle against it um because we live in our culture in particular I think sort of tries to feed people's envy to, to discontent and you know these sorts of things so um <clears throat> and if we listen to really the church's Guidance and some people have really reflected on, <clears throat> um, you know, the severity of sin. Envy is can be very, very serious because it is really touches and derives from malice more directly and purely than a lot of sins. Some sins are 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 sins of excess, of you know. Loving or wanting something too much, they have. Um, but the sin of envy is just pretty much destructive. It, you know, it's <clears throat> and so it's very good to be aware of it and to try to counter it immediately, not let it get rooted in your heart at all. Um, the sin of envy, frankly, if it does get rooted in your heart, basically turns your heart into a stone. 
really. It's a it's a terrible thing. Some of the fathers of the church referred to envy as the green-eyed monster. Uh and so we need to stomp on him as soon as we uh see him see him coming. And so we're talking here about for example the this questioner writes that um comparing uh their relationships with with other people's and uh you know and then and feeling that they come up short and this sort of thing so any time that we look at another person and and anything that they may have or some sort of blessing they have or whatever and it causes us anything other than you know joy that that person is blessed in that way or gratitude to god that that god has you know blessed this person in this way um we sort of have a problem <laughs> especially if we allow that you know to cause resentment or discontent uh, or really let that turn actually into envy. We really almost want to destroy that for the other person. <clears throat> uh, that's the, the particularly mal- malicious sort of strain of, of envy uh, that's there. And so um, I think with with sin, first of all, is to be aware of it. And so this is, you're on the right step right here. You're aware of this. The, the sins that are the most dangerous for us are the ones, frankly, that we're not aware of. Sometimes the ones that we get concerned about, like our the listener here, um, are ones that we feel like we confess a lot and that sort of thing. But actually, that's a good sign because it means you're aware of this sin and you're trying to do something about it. The most dangerous sins are the ones that we're not really aware of, uh, that we are sort of have blinded ourselves to. Uh, because then the devil can just have a heyday with those, you know. So, so actually, this is a, a good sign that you're aware of this sin, that you're confessing it. And then you, what you want to do is to, you know, I think like Marianne, like you talk about, it's like sort of reprogram yourself. Sure. <laughs> so that um, when you hear about someone else, some blessing, some good thing in their life, and you have any sort of reaction that's, frankly, selfish, um, sadness or uh you know a, a a desire for that for yourself or a desire maybe the worst of all to ruin that or destroy that for that person then you need to just turn away immediately do not let yourself stay there i think it's one of the traps we fall into do you ever feel like you've uh like got a uh, this shows how old I am. I'm going to talk about a tape player, but that the tape is just going over and over and over again. You know, it just re- and you you hit the replay button and it just goes. You got stop it, stop it, <laughs> don't do that. Uh, um, keep your and and turn away. And what happens sometimes with this sort of thing, if we're struggling with it, is that we we go back. We've decided to go away, and then we find ourselves going back. Well, then you just need to stop again and again and again, no matter how many times. And don't let that discourage you, um, but don't don't just give in and wallow in it <laughs> mm-hmm. ever. Uh, or if you have, stop and turn back because that's how you break the habit. Make sure that you turn away from it one more time than you fell into it, and that's a beginning. Um, and you might think I'm never <clears throat> going to get out of this, but but you will. You have to train yourself to especially if you've allowed yourself to fall into this, and we tend to sometimes. Um, turn away, turn away, turn away. 
And don't feel like that those are defeats, but the turning away is actually a, a, a victory, a beginning again. One of the great, St. Jose Maria used to talk about the need to, to begin and to begin again. That's the story of the Christian life, conversion, uh, beginning and beginning again. And, and going to confession is the sacrament of conversion. So you're doing the right things, all right? Um, but just keep it up. Don't be discouraged about it. Um, and especially with a sin like envy, because sin um, vices uh, are our habits, just like virtues are. And I think St. Thomas refers to you know, virtues as entative habits, and vices are as well. And it means that they make you what they are. And so if you fall into a habit of, of envy, you become envious. And it really does then sort of change your heart and the way that you react to people habitually. And that's the thing that we don't want. You know, there's a, in the scene in St. Matthew's Gospel, the 25th chapter, about the Last Judgment, where Jesus divides the two groups of people into the sheep and to the goats, and he talks to both of them. He says that, um, you know, you saw me hungry, and you fed me, and you saw. There's a there's one thing. The, the, the two groups seem to be completely opposite from each other, but they're the same in one way, and that is that they were both surprised when Jesus pointed this out to them. You saw me hungry, and you fed me, or you saw me hungry, and you didn't feed me. Said, when did we do this, Lord? Well, that just goes to show that prove this point. These things had become habits. They had either become good habits for the blessed or bad habits for the damned, <laughs> and they lost that sensitivity, that awareness of it. And so that's why if you're in the struggle, you're doing well, actually. probably doesn't feel very good, but it means that it hasn't become completely habitual yet. Mm-hmm. And keep that up and, and try to cut it off faster and faster, because envy is one of those sins that actually can take us away from God more than almost anything else. It's not one of those flashy sins, you know. <laughs> but, um, but if you think, you know, it, it's one of the real chief sins of the devil, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. The devil's envy of all the good that God has done, mm-hmm. especially the good that He's done to us. Mm-hmm. Um, that is what you know continues to drive that malice of the evil one. Uh, and so we want to stay away from envy in particular. So every time you see that green-eyed, green-eyed monster poking at his head up, stomp on him uh, immediately. <laughs> or I remember it. Do you ever remember this little game? It's like an arcade game. At a, remember, whack-a-mole. The whack-a-mole. Exactly, the whack-a-mole. Whack, 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 whack. Just whack him. Whack envy. Whack an envy. That's what you want to do. Don't let it get a, uh, get a hold of you. I wish you could have all seen Father as he was doing the whack-a-mole imitation. It was priceless. There's a reason yes. why this is not television. <laughs> really like radio anyway, better. Anyway, remember the whack-a-mole. Talk, I can't talk without my arms. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, that was such a wonderful answer. It really, uh, thank you for that. that was, there was so much involved in there. And I think, too, you know, when you deal with something at its... Um, uh, at the behavioral level, when, or when you're when you're really understanding, like, wow, I'm envious of this. It's not necessarily a behavior; it's a a feeling. It's a, a an emotional response to to uh, 
an event, you're looking at what's on the outside, kind of what you're you're looking at this thing after something else has occurred, and and that's okay, and you can deal with things at that level and work them backwards or stop them at that level. But oftentimes it's good to go in to the source. And really, it's kind of like you can put a Band-Aid on something on the outside, you know, and hope that it'll heal. But if there's still something festering behind that thing, that wound is not going to go away. That's going to thrive underneath the surface. And so um, I I think, um, number one, trying to look into yourself and like, what is the source of, why am I doing this? What is the source of this envy? What is lacking in my own life that I am am thinking that I should have that in this other person doesn't or shouldn't. And, you know, I loved what Father said about, you know, we should have gratitude for those other people, that gratitude to God that those other people are successful or have this gift, whatever it is, or this good fortune. And immediately we should pray for them when we know, you know, as Father said, to whack that mole right down, counter it immediately, whack that down, do something different, to pray for those people and to thank God for their good blessings in this life. Those are all very good things, but look back within, too, and 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 try to understand where this is coming from within you, because going back to the source is where you really have some power to do changes within. I think, too, you know, on the outside, the confession and all of that and the graces that come from that by repeatedly going back to confession, you receive graces that are going to go back whatever that wound is in you, and there it's going to shed light on whatever that is. It's going to bring that to the surface and help you to understand it. The grace of confession will shed that light and will heal you from within. So those are all good things, but think about really trying to come to the source of that. The other thing I would like to say about that is, um, and I see this so many times in my practices, where one family might come to me and and they'll say, you know who's really like the best family? Uh, this is the family that I want to, I wish we were, my family was. We see them in church and they've got all these kids and they're all lined up and they're the perfect couple and everything's great about them. If people only knew how messed up my family was. And then guess what? Um, the the perfect family comes into me, and they use the same example. They, it happens that they go to the same church with the same people, and they're saying, "I want to emulate those people who who were the, in the, you know a few weeks earlier telling me that they were the messed up ones." <laughs> you know, so we can always look at people from the outside and think they have the perfect life. We don't know what's really going on behind closed doors. We don't know what's really going on in their hearts and souls either. So um, thinking about that when you're processing your envy and trying to get to the source of it is that um, so often we see things through um, illusion and smoke and mirrors and things. Not always what we think is reality is reality, and not everyone is perfect. So that might help you to deal a bit with your um, envy and to challenge yourself and say, just because I'm feeling this way about those people doesn't necessarily mean that's the way they have it. Yeah, I love one of the points you brought up, Marianne, that is that to work on um, sort of maybe the opposite virtue Oh, is yes. a good way to um, 
if you if you know envy is a problem for you, a way to sometimes to deal with it is to <clears throat> turn on the light. Yeah. By like, how do you get the darkness out of a dark room? Well, the easiest way is to just turn the turn light on. Light. So try to. And one of the virtues that's opposed to envy, maybe most directly, is is kindness. Yeah. Isn't yeah. It? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. to um, to you know just work on that. Always responding to people in kindness, and that is kindness. Sounds like a soft thing, but no, to be kind it's a, it's all a, the time, it's difficult. It's a great. Thing. Ask me, I know. <laughs> yeah, now, that no, is a great point. I wonder Thanks. too, Father. Is um, you know, when I was talking about going back to the sources of envy and things like that, is how often is pride behind envy as the source? Yeah, pride's behind right? every every it's behind, sin. Behind everything, right? <laughs> every sin. Yes. Yeah, yes. but it's very close. Envy and yeah, pride are yeah. very close. Yeah, I think so, too. So anyway, I hope that helps you, and thank you for sending in that question. Um, Father, we have another one to attack, as uh, if that's the proper word, but let's first um, let everyone know who we are and what we're about. This is St. Gabriel Catholic Radio in Columbus, Ohio. I'm Marianne Jepson, clinical counselor. Um, you're listening to Abiding in Hope, and my co-host here is Father John Sims Baker. So, Father, um, our next question is similar but different, yet again, as we've done that in the past with other shows. Um, I like this the way this one starts. Hi, Marianne and Father. I love this program. We always like to hear those kind kind (laughs) words. Speaking of kindness, um, and here's what the question is. I need help understanding the sin of detraction. Recently, a friend, trusting my opinion, asked me for advice on a lady he was planning to ask out. I knew her and knew it was a bad idea, but I didn't feel right telling her faults behind her back. The date did not go well, and I could have saved him a lot of trouble had I been honest. Was I wrong? This is another great question, a very real one. You know, it starts out saying, I want to understand the sin of detraction. And I think it's great that this listener even sees detraction as a sin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> These are very real. Both the last question and this one are things that I think we deal with a lot. Well, what what is detraction uh, in the first place? Well, detraction is um, speaking uh, the truth about someone. It's, it's detraction isn't false. Uh, it's it's true, but it is uh, you know it it it's um, you know it's harmful in some way. You know, telling someone's faults behind her back as as this, uh, uh, um, and so sometimes people think as long as what I'm saying is true, there's no problem with it. But actually, you know, Saint Paul applies a higher standard than that. He says to the people, he says, "I only say those things. Try to only say those things that are helpful to other people." So we want to really is, is this uh, not only is this true of course we you never want to speak something that's false and harmful about someone else but um the only reason to ever speak you know words that are you know um negative about another person is if that the person that you're trying to sort of has a has a need or a right to that information uh, like for example i think about a maybe a teacher in a in a school with you know children had been misbehaving in the in the class and she, you know, arranges a, a conference or talks to the children's parents. Well, that entails this bad behavior of these children. Well, that's not detraction because the parents have a need to know that. They have a right to know that, you know. 
But if that teacher is just kind of in a bad mood and then goes to the teacher's lounge and says to some of the other teachers, well, let me just tell you about what, you know, happened, you know, well, that is detraction because those other teachers don't have any other, don't have any need to know that, you know, you don't need to spread bad things about people with, you know, needlessly. And so, so that's what this, um, that's what this question is about. It was this detraction. Um, he, he knew this person that this, this man was going to ask out. He, uh, she didn't think it was a, a, a you know, a, a good idea. It really wouldn't work, but, but refrained from saying so and allowed the man to, to find out on his own. And, and actually, I think uh, you, the, the questioner asked, was I wrong? And I would say, no, <laughs> you weren't wrong. <laughs> um, that, was, that was the right thing to do. Um, it, the, the little giveaway, I think, is I didn't feel right telling her faults behind her back. Well, telling people's faults behind their back is not a good thing to do ordinarily <laughs> uh, unless there's some – you know, need for it. Some really, um, and I think that can save us a lot of trouble. A lot of times people say, I really shouldn't say this, but, but. or whatever. <laughs> just stop right there. If I should, if you shouldn't say it, don't, <laughs> don't, don't allow the, but mm-hmm. uh, I really shouldn't do this. Well, don't, uh, that's the thing. And so in this case, um, uh, and you know, it said the date didn't go well, but the person, learned and about the person on their own and and I think that was the, the the more prudent thing to do here. Now, you know, I there could conceivably be a situation in which maybe there might be a need to reveal the fault of another person uh, that that would really need to know that, but um you know, a lot of times we you know, when we we really want to be sort of skeptical about our own judgments, you know, the, <laughs> this uh you know, this is you know, this would be your judgment on this person. And, you know, you, it's very easy for us to be, as you were saying, in error about that. Seeing people on the outside, mm-hmm. we don't really necessarily see right to the to the heart of things. So, um, again, I, I just I really do like these last two questioners uh, getting really real with their questions. This is where a lot of us uh, actually fall into sin, I think. Um, you know, we may not fall into these big flashy sins, but... We do maybe uh, share that juicy little bit of gossip, or mm-hmm. we allow hardness to right. develop in our hearts, and so I, I think this is the place where we need to develop a real sensitivity of conscience. And so I really thank this questioner for bringing up the whole area of detraction. So, Father, um, you were saying there might be certain instances where you might it would be of benefit to reveal someone else's. So I would, you know, faults or sins or whatever. So I'm thinking I'm going to pose this to you. In this situation, this was a man who was going to go out with a woman, and this individual who wrote this knew things about this woman. This man was not married to her, This, you know, and, the, and it was just, it sounds like it was one date and it didn't go well. So the person withheld the information. Now, um, we could say, okay, maybe this woman was involved with other men at the time. Maybe, you know, she was involved in drugs or maybe she was a thief or she's got some sort of record, you know, police record. There could be all sorts of things we could imagine about that. Um, but this was just a situation where this man was going to go out with her. And and the person may who had the information may have said something like, be careful. Would that be okay without revealing 
or or just even not. Well, I, don't you think that implies <laughs> well, it might, a sort of but, negative thing on that yeah. person? You know. Okay. Um, I, so let them find out on their own. I I think unless there's some okay, you know, unless there's some real need to reveal. I mean, it's something that would be. I mean, like for example, if if you knew that this person had been married, you know, previously, and there was no declaration of nullity or something, well, you could be getting yourself into a you know, a, a sticky situation, you know, through that, yeah. you know, for example, yeah, that's sure. an objective, you know, right thing. So um, like, so then if, for instance, you happen to know that your best friend's husband is also having a relationship with another woman because the other woman told them. And, and so now you're, what do you, what do you do for your best friend who you, um, I think you have to write that question down and send it in, Marianne. (laughs) (laughs) Is that the sin of detraction to say to your best friend? Like, because girlfriends would do this for girlfriends. Like, I'm worried your husband is um, seeing someone else. We saw him kissing someone in a a, a, a restaurant. Yeah. And it wasn't just like the kiss of a friend kind of. Well, now that's a, again, that's a place where that person would, has a need to to know to that know. information. I mean, yeah. they're married, you know, that sort of, again, I'm not saying maybe necess- you know, how you would reveal that information might, it, you need to be very, very sensitive about that and that sort of thing. But yeah. that would fall into, you know, because of the nature of that the relationship, nature, and, they, they yeah. would, and if it were something that blatant as well, yeah, that then, doesn't, uh, you know, admit of, I mean, how do you, you know, you, there's no really just any justification for right, that. So. Right. Well, Father, Thank you for those great answers. It was a wonderful show again, and we've come to the end of it yet again. It flies by so quickly. But um, as we always do, would you please send us out with a blessing? The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please send your questions to abidinginhope.com. We have great fun with them at this end, and I think that they are quite helpful to our listeners as well. Abidinginhope.com. Thanks for joining us today, and until next time, God bless you.